of George Knapp listening to that UFO podcast and having one hell of a good time. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and in a couple of weeks where we've had pushback on whistleblowers, senators doing 180s, mysterious patches appearing and aliens invading Peru, I thought no better to discuss this serial-esque variety pack than bringing Dan on. Hi Dan, how are we? Hello, hello. Uh, I'm back in Asheville, um, ready to to jump back over the pond soon and uh, yeah, here to break down the, the crazy week. There's been a lot this week, right? Yeah, a lot of bits like bits of stuff and um, a new bit that you don't even know yet as i've just told you and i said don't even look at the video it's literally happened 20 minutes ago (laughs) is breaking news but it's not big breaking news everyone oh my god you have to get it out because most folk aren't going to hear this probably till friday or saturday depending um so it's not really a big deal in that sense but the white house press dude that guy you know who looks like a news reader on like the six o'clock news i know the guy (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the guy, yeah. Um, he has been asked by... Podium. Yeah, that's it. Podium, dude. Um, <laughs> podium would be a cool name for him, like country singer-esque. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was essentially asked by a, a journalist in the White House press thing that they do, uh, a little bit on UAP, and essentially was asked, you know, given recently a whistleblower has sat in, in front of Congress and obviously talking about david grush and grush sorry i'm going to get slated for that because a few people attacked you for saying grush when it's grush um <laughs> that's a totally separate thing on i saw that did I'm, you miss the comments online I'm, i did but i'll i mean i'll double check that because i haven't spoken to him and been introduced to him but i was introduced as grush so grush. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check yeah, I spoke to him as well. And then and rush, rush. rush hour, rush hour makes you know exactly. Like not, you know <laughs> so. exactly. Grush is a stupid name. Anyway, <laughs> that's by the by. The, the breaking news was basically talking about him, and they asked, you know, what does the White House think of this? Because you've literally got this guy sitting talking about retrieved spacecraft and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit of a nothing answer, as you'd expect. The the press guy doesn't know all this stuff, and he said uh, they've got no information one way or another. They do take UAP seriously. Uh, the journalist came back to be fair him and impressed him and said you know does the president take this seriously um and the answer was essentially a long-winded yes but we're back to data being collated and analyzed he then said to kind of almost paraphrase but we need to be as trans oh the journalist asked do the american public not deserve to know the truth on all this and he said of course we need to be as transparent as we can be on this but we're still learning and that was it so that was the breaking news, Dan. You'll see the video online. There's not a whole lot really to say on it. I mean, it's just as you'd expect. Fair enough. And things like that, I, I just think back to, you know, Five Symington during the Phoenix Lights, the, the governor trotting out the big dude in the alien costume and having mm. fun with it. And those days are over, right? It, it, it's nice to see. And as much as we didn't get the answer there, that answer was expected. And just the conversation has changed. The shape of it has changed. People do respect this conversation now. And there's only... You know, there's some straddlers on the internet who are kind of catching up and trying to debunk everything. But when the White House is saying, we take it seriously, we're being data-led, cool, good. That's what we want. Okay, so you're saying people do respect this conversation now, Dan. So let me just move that news up and we'll talk about this now <laughs> instead of after. Because sure. we can jump all over. So uh, yesterday, as we record this on the 15th of August, I think it was, um, Senator Gillibrand, who's done a lot, for the UAP movement in a political setting, and that can't be denied, um, made some comments that got differing opinions, to be fair, when you look at what people have said about it. And I spoke to Chris Leto earlier today, and he had a different opinion to me. 
um, even, which was, was interesting, and it's what I saw yeah. online. Uh, essentially, she was at a sort of local constituency-type looking rally. I don't know exactly what the setting was, but she was talking about the UFO subject um, as if she wasn't really involved almost. And I don't know if that's how it came across to you, Dan, but for me, it was essentially, to paraphrase, you know, we had this guy sitting who was like, we had some pilots and we had this guy who was like a whistleblower talking about spacecraft. And it was almost like mega, mega high level. And I'm guessing she was talking to an audience that wasn't you know, UFO folks, as you would expect, but it was almost really nonchalant and I don't want to say she was talking down about the subject, but that's the way it almost came across with the tone and not someone who's literally writing law and legislation on the UAP topic uh, and has went along and basically said, we might never get to the bottom of it. We've got Arrow. They, they should speak to them. What was your take on it? Well, she seems to have changed. People are right. We have to take into account the audience that she's speaking to. And we can't see the audience literally. Yeah. No, but you're right. It, it seems like a you know a really casual event where she's talking to her constituents and, and talking to people who aren't into the subject whatsoever. But at the same time, it, it's quite the shift to go from we're going to get to the bottom of this to we might never know. And I think that's the kind of thing that has the community you know, a little bit worried. Like I've seen reactions all the way from she doesn't care, she's not really invested, she's just gone for votes, all the way to it's a conspiracy and someone's gotten to her. I, I think the truth of it is is probably somewhere in the middle. She's she's talking casually to, to people that don't really care about this, having a little bit of fun with it. You know, the laughter made me cringe, but at the same time, there wasn't X-Files music, you know. Um, but you're absolutely spot on when you say about the legislation. She, she's been instrumental in this. And you would think that she would be a little bit more angry that she was being kept out of the loop. I, I've had my fair share to say about Tim Burchett's politics, you know, but at least he seems appropriately angry that the people that should have access don't have access. Um, we're, we're at the point now where the public needs to be treated as adults with this subject and comments like that and laughter like that just kind of feel like a step backwards, I think. And, and it just leads to people be, being a bit dismayed about it. But the legislation is still going through, right? You know, Chuck Schumer, the, the Speaker of the House, he's still pushing that legislation it doesn't seem like it's going away so it's one of those things where the conversation bugs me but really as long as the legislation goes through does it matter is it something we should get angry about i don't know that it is no i don't think so and it reminds me a little bit like imagine being in work and having like a mate who's really into wrestling okay and you have these really in-depth chats about like 1990s WWF and what was the best era to watch and they knew all the champions and the nuances and then you get into like a bigger group of friends and you mention wrestling and your mate kind of goes well yeah I used to watch it but not anymore it's a bit it's for kids you know like and you're like oh wait a minute you literally were told me how interested you were and the whole conversation kind of flips and maybe they just don't want to, like you say, in that setting. And that's fair. That was a lot of people's take on it as well. A lot of people were disappointed, but a lot of people had that take that, you know, maybe it was just the audience. So I'd love to see some more context behind the clip because the clip is, even within the clip, to be fair, when I watched it back, it's edited into like three parts where it yeah. very quickly transitions between her. So you don't even know what she said in between some of the some of the clips as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it seems like the kind of event where there's probably barbecues going on just off screen and she's being jovial and, you know, maybe had a white wine spritzer. And, you know, it's just a casual day Not out to stereotype. No, but... You know, it seems like people are letting their hair down there. I, I don't it was think quite casual, we yeah. necessarily expect 
full-on serious conversation like we saw in the hearing. So I understand the concern, but at the same time, yeah, I'm not sure we need to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. No, no, that that's fair. And that's all we've really got on that because... And like I say, Chris Leto made the point that, you know, Senator Gillibrand's done a lot for the topic and subject, and it's not as if that's all going to suddenly go away. Even if she does yeah. change her mind, I made the point that, and it's it's a bit cynical, but I think it's it's fair to bring it up at least that, as I spit all over the place, sorry, I don't know if I'm just <laughs> spatting your ear, listener, or spatting your face. Put on your 3D glasses now. <laughs> yeah, oh, smell-o-vision. Um, <laughs> what did Andy have for lunch? No, um, the, the idea that, as I lose my train of thought, that, yeah, these politicians to one day like a senator gillibrand has aspirations to be president that takes a lot of money and backing and i wonder is it the case that the folks who don't want this to to get anywhere can just make sure the right people are backed into office essentially and into higher up positions and senate congress blah 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 you know money is power all that stuff um i mean yeah if, if we want to go full on to the extreme here you know hillary lost the election and she was set to be the uap president right like there was a lot of rumors around the time that she was gonna open the floodgates and she didn't get there and i'm sure there are some people out there that think she didn't get there because of some pressures from some hidden legacy program or something um you know people use the term deep state and things like that to talk about essentially the folk who make decisions that we don't get mm-hmm. to and we don't know their names and yeah they they have an influence you know there is lobby and it's it's not crazy to think about but at the same time we we kind of have to keep our head screwed on and follow the data of people like you know david david i'm gonna say grush just to anger people uh grush um david follow g. What he's david g yeah we, we gotta yeah. follow what he's presented and go look where he said to look and oh, i hope that despite the jovial nature of that event i hope gillibrand's got a file it under a butt to go do that yeah, uh, and again, it's one of those things that time will tell, won't it? Um, yeah. And we shall see. If, if she wanted to be president, that, you know, if she's the person that could find the location of the legacy program by following what David Grush said, but that's probably it, a lot of votes there. Well, it, at, least, at least at least from me. And, you, you know, I, I have a fiancé visa pending, so I might get to vote soon. <laughs> and there's two. And this is what I've said before, and I know it sounds really cynical, but I... I uh, I don't think it still is. I think there's still a lot of stigma there and it shows how quickly the conversation can turn. And again, people will hear this when I speak to Chris Leto, but it's worth bringing up that it's people read headlines now and it's something we're going to come on to when we talk about the Intercept it's article true. and some of that stuff, right? And they don't read the the the, ba- the body of text. They, they make their mind up off of a headline. And the way this has been presented and we're going to get into the Grush stuff, for example, is a journalist had to write a piece and we'll just we'll segue into it, right? Uh, a journalist wrote a piece and basically, to really boil, boil it down into a couple of bullet points, accused him of being an alcoholic and suffering with mental health issues due to PTSD. And we'll get into that in a second in more detail. Most of the general public will not listen to this podcast, read articles, read even sure. the big news, news reports. Even some of the big news uh, agencies misread this stuff and reported that he had been let go because the journalist in question sent out a troll tweet. Yeah, And they went with, he was fired because of his article, and he actually wasn't. So yeah. I think a lot of the public are going to see, oh, you know that UFO whistleblower guy who talked about the aliens? Yeah, he's an alcoholic and he's got mental health issues that's unfortunately what most people are going to take away and they'll scroll on past. So that, and it, but it shows unfortunately how easy it still is to not just UFOs, but any subject 
you can just throw enough out there that it'll just turn a lot of people off. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, what is it, the, the saying that, you know, the, the lie is halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to even get its pants on? I, I think that's true, and it spreads quickly, and that works to our benefit in the subject sometimes, but it, it does, yeah. to the detriment, you know? Um, that's totally fair, yeah. Perception and, and I think is reality. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about a few things in this that, you know, probably play into that as well, like Peru and things like that. I won't dive into them now, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so listen, yeah, so on that, uh, uh, a journalist, Ken Klippenstein, and we won't get liable here, um, we'll keep it factual, put out an article. Um, can we call on... him Pem, Pem Plippenstein, just so the libel doesn't work in case we say something bad? Yeah, potentially. No, I, I, <laughs> do you know what? Because it's opinion, but I, I'm not going to, that's not the point of doing this, it's to tell people what happened. And he did write an article. Um, in the UK, I would call that gutter journalism. And that's, I just think that's that kind of trashy, cheap tabloid attack that you would find out celebrity a has this in their past and we are going to bring it out just to smear campaign them and that's essentially what what ken klippenstein done at the time it was reported uh around various outlets incorrectly but i could see why that he had been given the information or was given it illegally which he wasn't he basically attained information that david grush whistleblower at the recent hearings had a history of alcohol issues and he got those through police reports that his his wife had filed at the time and also had suffered mental health issues counseling through ptsd given his military history which is very common in the military again chris leto and i spoke about this he's a military guy he knows it well i've got friends who served in the military and have suffered various different issues off the back of it have their own coping mechanisms off the back of that as well um and he used this in an article to basically discredit the claims that were made the issue that's really arisen and wasn't very intelligent on ken's part you know given he is meant to be an intelligent journalist and this is just you know should be um he admitted on a Twitter space that he was fed the information by what someone in the intelligence community or was it, what, what was his yeah, wording? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, low, low level people in the intelligence yeah. community. And he, he said GS-15 and Lou Elizondo is GS-15. So yeah, low level, but at the same time, life workers committed to being public servants, he, you know, and deep, he deep wasn't, in that. Yeah, as far as we know, he wasn't given, Dan, here's the documentation which says all this information. He was told by someone exactly what to go and foyer, Freedom of Information Act request, so he got the stuff bang like that. Yeah, um, exactly. He was given the the addresses that he needed to get those uh, through FOIA. And and when you look at Ken's FOIA request that he included, you can see the addresses there, which you know is a big no-no revealing those addresses. Um, but you've got those two really specific requests. And then after that, you have a give me everything on this guy that you can find, which is more of a fishing expedition, right? Well, yeah, I'd say most FOIA requests are a badly drawn kid's treasure map and you have to work <laughs> out for yourself. It's got the chest and it's got the tree and the big X. This guy had the latitude and longitude with a very yeah. detailed 4K picture of exactly where to go, which is very, very, very rare. Um, and I think... I was pleasantly surprised to see even folks who don't necessarily go along with David Grush's claims being legitimate or um, being correct, not to say that he isn't correct in what he says, but maybe there's not a whole element of truth to it. He's been fed this info, all that stuff, very much backed up that this was wrong and shouldn't have been done. Um, Ken Klippenstein came out this looking bad, but he doesn't seem too fussed about it himself. 
he just trolled a little bit. And like I say previously, he sent out a tweet to say, I had been let I've been let go from the intercept. And it was like it made out as if he'd been sacked from his job and he hadn't. Major news outlets picked it up. The follow-on tweet was basically to go and do something about blah 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 blah. And it was just yeah, immature. He just, had yeah. commented, and I know you. I know you'll bring this up, Dan. He'd previously sent out a tweet saying, "Come along, we're baiting UFO nerds." At one point recently, as well. Yeah, that's right. And you just don't expect that from journalists, whether people agree or disagree with you. Like that's behavior that's just, it, like you say, is childish, and and it puts this in the realm of that like crappy tabloid journalism. Um, it was heartening to see that no one really picked up the story and ran with it once Ken reported it. Like everyone just found it tasteless. Um, and really the only change that happened throughout the reporting was that it went from he obtained this illegally, which was, you know, the sheriff's department supposedly told Ross and, and David himself that they gave out no FOIA kind of paperwork. Mm-hmm. It later turned out that they had and that they had the wrong information so that in that kind of uh, time, they, they thought that he'd obtained it illegally. Then it turned out he hadn't obtained it illegally, but he had been given the X on the treasure map. Um, and, you know, so it was... A, a leak in all but name, essentially, you know, we're, we're arguing over semantics at that point. Ken was given stuff, given directions to some, what someone thought was damning information for David Grush. Turns out it wasn't that damning. Grush was very open about this, about his struggles and things. He just didn't go into details. Um, and he was interviewed after these troubles and the people that gave out the clearances thought he was fine. You, you know, what? what do we want someone to have these troubles and not get reported and not seek help. I think this, for me at least, shows that Grush has his head screwed on. It takes a lot of self-reflection and, you know, to to go seek help when, when you need it and to recognize that you need help too. Um, he struggled with something, you know, most of us would just fold over and, and just stay in a dark room for. So props to David for doing that. And yeah, for, for me, the, the stuff with Ken didn't really make a dent on what David was saying. There, there was a point where Ken, he was on breaking points with uh, E-Cigar and, and I, I forget, uh, Kristen, I forget her surname, but they're really great. It's a really great channel, independent journalism channel. And they had Ken on and, and they put these questions to him and said, this seems like a smear piece. And you could clearly see Ken was uncomfortable um, and kept kind of trying to back himself out of that corner yeah. that, that he found himself in. And he didn't really, you, you know, so... As, as always, the, the best uh, disinfectant here was, was sunlight and everyone's kind of passed over it now. And I, I feel like it's been left behind. Would that be fair to say? But it's a shame that it's out there. I, I know Ken at one point said that White House staff has lost their jobs because they were smoking uh, cannabis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether you live in somewhere where that's legal or not, I think we can all agree that the relationship the world has to alcohol and cannabis are very different things. So it was a weird kind of thing to equate there. Um, and yeah, it didn't it didn't seem to go further. Everyone seemed to have the correct reaction to it, um, which was, this is kind of gross and it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't bring anything new to the story. So why was it published? Yeah, I can confirm I have never smoked Jack Daniels um, in my life, <laughs> just so you know. Um, it's crazy. You, you see post-cognac hallucinations and, and mm. experience abductions, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I, I've not seen that it's had a massive impact, but I think it has had an impact. I wonder what the following's going to be in terms of... Actually, before I come to that, uh, comparisons, though, between this and what has happened over the years with the Bob Lazar story... And that's 
whether you believe Bob Lazar's story or not, or you partly believe it, it shows you how easy it is to very quickly discredit someone. And that now most folks in the mainstream who don't look into this stuff in a lot of detail, people who just read headlines, you're going to very quickly see Guy talked about alien spacecraft. Oh, it turns out Guy was an alcoholic with mental health issues and move on. Bob Lazar's story has had a lot longer to breathe, a lot more detail and information. And you can see how easy it is to just discredit someone because of the pimp or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't mean it never happened. Doesn't mean they didn't do what they said they did, um, which is really interesting. Again, obviously, I've just finished reading, quote unquote, Secret Machines on audiobook. And, you know, the whole idea that they, they pick people with certain backgrounds that are maybe a bit arsey to fly secret spacecraft. And yeah, doesn't mean they're not doing it. You know, it's um, yeah. I, but I've said to you plenty of times, I think there's a lot of truth to the Bob Lazar story, but there's a lot of issues with it as well. But is this going to be one of those that in years to come, it's still this could be the new Bob Lazar type story? Yeah. Yeah, and and this is why ultimately, you know, we need officials to get in a skiff with David Grush to talk to him, to get that classified data, to go look in where he says these things are, to go speak to the witnesses he spoke to and said we're ready in the wings to talk to. We don't have those clearances, unfortunately, to go get that information. But this this is a great example of, of a time when we need to support those people who do have those clearances to go get that information and have those conversations. That's what will separate this from the Bob Lazar story, ultimately. If we want to throw it around in the community like a game of telephone, we can. But um, it, it's a lot more productive, ultimately, uh, to you know support officials and, and get them into the room with David Grush and to examine those claims. Okay, so Dan, you're one of those folks who are waiting in the wings. You've spoken privately to James Fox in the background. You have spoken to David Grush a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago. Timber Shet's reached out and you're potentially going to come to the next set of hearings. You've seen all this happen in the last week or two. What are you doing now? What are you thinking now? It's I easy mean, to say, oh yeah, I'm definitely coming forward. I would do that. But look at what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one of the ideas with this article that, you know, the leak isn't necessarily meant to damn David Grush. It's meant to show people that could potentially come forward. Hey, if you do this, we're going to turn over the rocks in your life and tell everyone your darkest secrets. Um, it's really difficult to, to assess. I, I, I think if I was in that position, it would make me angry and it would make me want to do it more. But then I don't have a wife and kids at home and a pension that I'm relying on and so on and so forth. So it puts people in this really precarious position where they might not want to come forward. I guess maybe these people could come forward in a faceless fashion where they speak to Congress in a skiff behind closed doors and we never know who they are. Yeah. But then uap transparency is out the window if that happens right like there needs to be a bit of public face and a bit of official face um, even then the folks behind the scenes and it gets a little bit conspiratorial but i don't think it's unfair to say that in the background there'll be folks with connections and sources who are reporting back to private aerospace i think did we mention this last time that you know why would you not then move it like if you've got yeah. this huge spacecraft and david grush maybe said a couple of weeks ago before the hearings here's the locations, here's the data, the times, blah, 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 here are the names. I'm going to give you these now before we go public because go and do this quietly in the background. Like one of the Ocean's Eleven movies where actually they've done the heist two days ago and the, this thing on the day is just the, the ruse so you never even realised. And yeah. I, th that's not to say that that stuff kind of doesn't happen as much as it's the stuff of movies. 
it's probably where a lot of it comes from. Um, and it would make sense as well. So, yeah, I I think this this puts probably a bit of a dent in the the road to whatever where we're going. Not to say it's, it's you know changed the road, but yeah, I, I can see this putting off some people coming forward. Um, a lot of folks seem quite confident September for the next set of hearings. Um, yeah. Again, do, do you think the the public reaction to supporting Grush would maybe make those people kind of go, oh, okay, you know, officially my life might be kind of scrutinized, but I'm loving that all this outpouring of support is coming out for those demons. So I've not seen a public outpouring of support. I've seen the UFO community. The UFO community, yeah. Yeah, and that's not the public. And, yeah, you know, sure. that's like, hello to the public, right? We are the public, <laughs> but I work with the public. I, My wife is the public. My neighbours are the public. No clue. My wife knows because I tell her this stuff and she doesn't care. Um, but I, I don't think there's been a public outpouring. So if you weren't on social media, let's just use the UK. Did you hear anything about these claims? Actually, the Intercept story never touched the UK um, no. at all, um, which is good, but also just shows that it's already gone from the UK news cycle. There's yeah. nothing about UFOs, UAP, the hearings, potential future hearings. This will come back in as and when the next set of hearings come around. That's when the UK will pick it back up. Um, and I wonder, at that point, do we see some of this news filtering into the conversation then that, well, wasn't the last whistleblower unreliable, blah, 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 because, like I said, when I was doing the interviews um, the day after the hearings for a few outlets, a few of them mentioned before we hit, we hit record on stuff, you know those videos, and they meant gimbal, go fast, all that stuff. Um, they've been debunked, though, haven't they? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, well, yeah, I've seen the stuff online. And they were referring to the Mick West stuff. Sure. And I was like, that, that's just someone's opinion of how you may be able to recreate something based on limited data sets and a bit of bias. That's not been debunked. But there's folks in the mainstream media going, I've seen this explained. And for them, that was, oh, there's the explanation, and that's fair but it's not yeah. correct. Um, so, yeah, I just wonder, do we see some of this come back round and influence the UK media potentially? Will it influence the US media next time this picks up big in the news cycles as well? Because, um, again, I think it's fair to say the US news cycles has dropped massively in, you're, oh, you're yeah. in the US, Dan. Trump, I don't know. Trump is getting, I, I think he's up to like 90 potential indictments now or something. Um, it's something insane. Um and yeah, that's just that's taking the, all the cycle, air out of the room, yeah. you know. It's yeah. just Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah. So that that's that's the just the the news cycle in general. Something else always comes along, doesn't it? But yeah, um, I think it's been a bump in the road, Dan. I think we are both of the same thought here that it's been a bump, but hopefully it doesn't affect things too much. It, it kind of came and went as quickly as it came. <laughs> that's yeah, not, that's not how that phrase goes at all, is it? It's it a good came phrase, and went but... as quickly as it came. Uh, or but... this little fly that I'm currently swatting. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Leave that in. I don't know. We're, we're naming that fly Ken. Yeah, Ken. Duh. <laughs> I tried to intercept it and failed. Much like Ken. Very did. good. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I can't even think of a segue. The, the Ross Coulthard patch, Dan. Okay, so um, I'm going to be really unprofessional here, but I don't care because it's not a professional thing. Um, Ross Coulthard um, at a recent conference, not conference, well, yeah, sort of conference in Australia. Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah. conference. Yeah, meet and greet, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I saw a few people on Twitter saying they were there who were based over in Oz, which was lovely to meet Ross Coulthard. Um, he basically produced a patch on a presentation that he said he had 
secured, is that the right, or procured from, I don't know how to word this, a, a secret programme or a programme potentially involved with UAP? Yeah, potentially. It, it was Ross was given it by someone who spoke to someone who gave them the patch, basically. And Ross admits he was dubious about it, um, and he did his research on it, and we're now in a place where basically there's this really intriguing thing with it where it, at the very least, the patch comes from work being done by EG&G, who is supposedly wrapped up in this whole subject, um, at Groom Lake. And that's mm-hmm. not kind of debatable. Where, whether you agree that it was reverse engineering or not, doesn't matter. Like someone, there was a group of people at Area 51 who were given this patch for the work they were doing. There have been a number of different theories as to the program. But at yep. the very least, that has bore out. And, you know, Ross is looking into it. it it's a it's a really curious claim. Um, it was Close Encounters Australia was the was the little conference that I cool. say little. The conference that uh, you know, where we did the presentation and that'll be up for people to watch over the next week. They they filmed it professionally and everything. Mm-hmm. Um so people can pass Ross's words for themselves. But yeah, he he just presented this curiosity basically you know he, he didn't say this is definitely from a reverse engineering program as i'm seeing some people say uh he's just found an intriguing threat to pull and he's pulling it you know and and this isn't the first patch we've come across as well that has intriguing imagery and history we, we had that one maybe i think it was halfway through last year that had a little saucer on it mm-hmm. and turned out to just be you know we were told that it was a mistake and so on and so forth but someone yeah. made it and it's a really curious thing that they did um, the military uses kind of iconography of aliens and UFOs just to have a little bit of fun, it seems. Um, but yeah, there's, there's there's no alien iconography in this patch, is there? It's kind of like it, it's split into two with a thunderbolt down the middle or a lightning bolt. Um, on the left uh, is a silver circle, which some people say is a, is a satellite um, mm-hmm. reflector or radar reflector. And then you've got these little kind of mountain shapes on that side that apparently a radio waves and then on the right you have some binary um and what else is there on the right there's something else right I'm well probably um, i've got the the post from reddit where someone mentioned obviously most of the information you've said to be honest mate um you know essentially employee contractors from area 51 um eg&g is now known as you or became urs and is now known as aecom aecom and the main point is it's from the ew rcs range at groom lake that stands for the electronic warfare and radar cross section at a radar cross section testing facility they prop up aircraft or whatever else on pylons and hit them with radar to see what they look like to test out new stealth fighters makes sense they have said on the patch on the lower left on the lower left half is a repeating representation of a directional antenna signal with side lobes, along with a representation of an aluminium radar calibration sphere. The exact meaning behind the symbolism in the upper right half of the patch isn't known, except for the obvious radar screen and reticle behind the star. Uh, One user from the forum claims to have another one of these patches, but their name on Reddit is not telling. And they are not telling anyone, so fair enough. Fitting, um, con- fair. Con- Good consistent, name. yeah, consistent. Um, it's like Johnny Tightlips or Frankie the Squealer. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, Simpsons reference. And uh, yeah, so it's it's just an interesting patch. Um, and like you say, it's theories. The the binary. Uh, a few folks have come up with a few things for the binary, including represents this number, this number. It's a Star Trek episode as well, isn't it? Yeah, new generation. Which is all about technology. I think Ross Coulthard himself addressed that. Yeah. Um, 
that, that's next, a genera- curious next one. generation dan yeah sorry yeah next generation the new generation new generation yeah, that's mid 90s wwf <laughs> going back to wrestling <laughs> yeah i mean that would be a good episode of star trek it, I, I find it funny that um you know part of this story is that there was supposedly an egg-shaped uap being reverse engineered um and it kind of tickled me that EGNG is egg, you, you know, it kind of almost sounds like someone making a joke that kind of got carried a bit too far, but also the, the radar sphere, right? Um, that was one of the accusations for what Ryan Graves' uh, crewmate saw floating in the sky was mm-hmm. this aluminium radar reflector. Um, so it's funny the way it comes back around, uh, you know, just the universe has a sense of humor. Yeah, absolutely. The cosmic ballet goes on. Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would add that uh, when i was visiting uh, lou elizondo a few weeks back he he has so many patches you know name drop joy and things um but he he was essentially taking us through them all and explaining the iconography and things like that and there were a lot, a, a lot of uh there was a lot of anomalous iconography on there with you know aliens in chains and things like that um but it turns out that it's just people having some fun and and if you yeah. find the designers you can listen to these designers say you know people outside of the secure facility thought that's what we were doing. So we leaned into it for a laugh and there's also Klingon on the patch, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I hope that Ross continues digging and I'm curious to see what he'll find. Yeah. No one takes a designer seriously, a graphic designer <laughs> seriously, Dan. Um, before we move on to the last part, Dan, um, just on that, uh, you designed a t-shirt recently, didn't you? That um, friend of the show tom DeLong uh and his company <laughs> picked up they were really happy yeah. with it they got in touch with you through the correct channels and said dan we would love to take this design from you can we give you a small amount of remuneration and also any royalties going forward um do you want to mention that and just where people can get it because you get a little kickback yeah. if they buy it um so uh, i don't get any kickback unfortunately oh but, do you not um, well, don't fucking bother no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's epic to see it out there you know like all the graphic design i do is to prompt conversation like the patch that people can see behind you on the on the video here the tic tac one and stuff it's meant to be a little bit big so people say oh what is that and then you can start a conversation so this idea came around to have a a shirt that was designed like to the stars as you know shirts that they do but it says tom was right aliens and then the swear word exists and that to the stars Um, font yeah exactly um so yeah it turns out people love the shirt they, they ran with what the design and, and now it's everywhere and I'm seeing it pop up all sorts of places, which is really gratifying. You know, that's success for that design, right? It's at its rightful home and um, I'll, I'll be rocking one when you and I go see Blink-182 uh, in, in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, people can get that at the To The Stars website. Uh, I think it's to the stars.media and uh, yeah, go, go get it and get people asking you, what was Tom right about? Who's Tom? And have the conversation. What was Tom right about, Dan? Uh, several things that he's tall, that aliens exist, um, and also that uh, the show is awesome. He said that, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, paraphrasing. But yeah. Um, did you see Tom's tweet, just to bring it back to the podcast, about uh, how scary this is and it's bigger than, God, this is a bad thing to get wrong, but I'm sure he said it's more it's scarier and bigger than World War II, COVID, and 9-11 put together? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he, yeah. he was having a conversation about the reason why it would be kept quiet yeah. and kind of saying, you know, some people, you know, made the right decision at the time to keep it quiet and, and for reasons that we'll kind of discover in the future. But it was alluded to that they essentially had to hide what, you know, the humans were doing 
to deal with this problem from the others, from the visitors. And mm-hmm. to do that, it had to be super top secret, um, which, you know, I get. You're kind of hiding it from adversaries. George Knapp chimed in and said, you know, same goes for Russia, China. That's what he's been hearing. They want to keep it under wraps from those people. Um, and just like the atomic bomb, you know, if people have been C Oppenheimer, they they know the amount of secrecy and worry that was around that, that they weren't going to be, that America wasn't going to be first to that technology to use it. Um, so they kept a secret so that they could be first, so that they could have these advances. Um, but what's interesting in that instance with Oppenheimer is that that kind of coddling the technology actually led to what we know as the nuclear arms race and, and the world we see today. So it's curious to think what this UAP stuff will lead to, you know, maybe China's there running with it already. Maybe Russia is running with it already. We, we've heard rumors. Um, but yeah, it makes it suddenly a really serious, scary conversation. You've gone blurry. Oh, sorry, YouTube folks, <laughs> we will fix this. I, I have a fly kind of checking about in this room, oh, which is uh, really annoying. Um, but yeah, we're, we're marching towards the end anyway. And I suppose one last thing to talk about, it's been online that in Peru, um, where Paddington's from, uh, locals have been reporting, that's not relevant at all, um, <laughs> lo- locals have been reporting for a few weeks now that mistakes and this is exactly how it sounds for anyone who's not heard this story. Seven foot tall, mysterious entities, essentially large aliens, are attacking locals and ripping the skin off folks' faces. If you're on social media and you manage to see all kinds of horrendous images now that things recommend on your, your feeds, there may be a video of a gentleman being pulled out of a river who had died and his face is gone. Um that was reported as being one of these. That video is much older and is apparently piranhas basically attacked the guy. And it's literally his skull. You see, it's horrible, but pretty intriguing to look at. Harsh. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, so that, that video came out around the same time and folks were like, this is what happened. There are some typically shaky, janky videos online of folks saying there's a... It reminds me of that, that moment in Signs, Dan, you know, when they're filming at the Brazilian birthday party and you see... The, the 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 being in the distance but it was at night on a roof that sort of people shouting and pointing and really frustratingly the camera keeps going up and down like the the, the torch sorry to the to the spot where this thing's supposed to be and it's very hard to make out what it is uh, really hard to make out apparently it was debunked uh, as miners local miners with jetpacks and that's not children where we're talking like digging miners, yeah, right? Yeah, no, like yeah, digger, <laughs> digging miners, yeah. Not like little children kicking about the jetpacks, <laughs> like a nope. Um, no, so, and I'm not saying it's aliens, uh, but I, I don't think it was local miners with jetpacks. It really doesn't make any sense whatsoever when you see some of the stuff being reported. It, it does sound very strange, though, what's happening, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of an odd one. People have asked us to comment, but I, I don't know what to say because nothing I've seen suggests it's aliens in terms of the the photographic or video evidence because it's so hard to make anything out and but there is something going on yeah that's that's the strange thing right like we're we're trying to figure out what's going on people saying aliens other people saying jetpack miners um there was a someone put an idea forward and where they were saying, well, what would it be for? Why would they be doing this? You know, jetpacks are more accessible than ever. We see mountain rescue used in these kind of things and things like that. <laughs> what, a weird set- what a weird <laughs> sentence. Right? Jetpacks are commercially available to everyone now, yeah. Welcome to 2023. Uh- <laughs> Jumping on Amazon now, two seconds. I'm joking, I'm not. <laughs> they, I, f- I found two listed on websites, but the prices weren't included. And They're sky high. Apparently, this is, you know, the area that's being targeted 
the cartel want to, you know, basically clear out uh, the people living there so that they can mine it for gold. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of money in the ground, and whoever kind of gets this is stands to make a lot of money. Um, it sounds and, like the start of every 90s kids TV show you would watch where a right. local village somewhere in South America is being terrorized by, usually Scooby-Doo, um, by something yeah, that's and right. <laughs> they want rid of them for gold. So they've came up with some weird ploy, <laughs> you know, and it's like the Hurricanes, the football team have to go and investigate and find <laughs> out who's doing it. Like, it is wild, isn't it? Like, it's such a strange it story. I've had people ask me, you know, Andy, Peru, are they being attacked by aliens? And I'm like, ah. I mean, probably not, but I don't know. It's, it's a big question, isn't it? But mm. I, I'd say, you know, keep keeping people's minds at, yes, it sounds ridiculous because of the jetpacks thing and things like that, but the cartels do, they have their own submarines to go up and down the coast. They, you know, have their do own planes dance? to fly around. Yeah, they do. As someone who spent <laughs> six months in South America recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they're kind of, you know, made in a jangly way, but it's clear that there's money there. If there's money to be gained, then there's money to be put in. You know, if someone spent a hundred grand on jetpack for someone and a scary mask and they stand to make a billion, that's a kind of worthwhile investment. Right. But at the same time, it is a ridiculous kind of theory. So we, we kind of need people looking at it and lucky for us, Roni Vernay, uh, who was involved with the Brazilian hearings a little bit ago, um, and actually did another presentation to interested senators recently in Brazil. He's flown out to the area to see what's going on. So, whether you know you don't have to believe the story either way um there's someone on the ground who has a vested interest in in solving this and kind of getting to the bottom of it and reporting the story so i guess we'll hear more from roni soon i i would say go go follow uh is it ronnie or roni I'm, I'm saying roni uh follow I mean, him on it's, it's ronnie media. would be the british it's r-o-n-y but i think it's roni because it's brazilian portuguese oh, okay but yeah we'll go with roni Grush, grush um, tomato tomato yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, go go follow follow Rodi Vernet on Twitter. He'll be posting updates from the area, um, and that's an independent researcher. You know, we don't have to worry about mainstream media taking a crazy story from someone that's trying to cover this up. Um, Rodi will be honest. He'll give us his data, and you know, if if he collects any interesting videos, he'll share those with us too. Awesome, cool. Well, that's pretty much it for the the news this week. Quite a lot of let's say Betty stories. Like bits yeah. and pieces, but um, yeah. Anything else on your end was there? Um, not really. There are some, you know, rumors going around about planes disappearing and things like that. That oh, again, oh yes, let's touch on okay. that, Dan, <laughs> because as as people may have seen, three orbs kidnapped a plane. Um, is essentially the story. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it, these headlines are getting ridiculous now, aren't they? Um, listen, I think what's really important in all seriousness to mention, I say that after I made that comment. The, the flight that went missing now some time ago, MH370, um, hundreds of people died, went missing, okay? Um, that's people's families, children, adults, which is awful, and it's the most horrible situation to be. I don't like flying as it is, but, you know, that in that sort of circumstance, whether it, whatever happened to that flight, we, we don't know, and maybe never will. Um, but videos have surfaced online from a few different angles of apparently that airliner flying along, three orbs appear, start circling around it and it disappears lost style basically isn't it um you know it's just gone and people are basically claiming it's aliens took the plane or some other entity phenomenon has made the plane disappear maybe they returned it at a later time that's where the wreckage came from who knows the the videos the videos are of low enough quality that it's very hard to disseminate exactly what's you know a lot of detail in them but they look good in the sense that i imagine that's what it would look like they don't look noticeably fake 
although there's some folks online saying that they are, but they've not been completely poo-pooed and trashed, to be fair. I think it's more the incredible nature of them. And it goes back to that whole, what does real look like? Bearing in mind, real people died on that aircraft. and But it's like that whole um, missing 411 type scenario where you're talking about, you know, did aliens kidnap this person who went missing in the woods? Well, we don't know. Something yeah, it's an idea, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the thing for me with this one is, you know, the video looks interesting. There's a lot of details in there that, you know, if someone made it, they've really paid attention and, and, it's not that outlandish that a creative would put pride in something that they make um, mm-hmm. and pay attention to detail. But I would say that when this video was posted way back when it wasn't related to MH370, that was a, a narrative that's kind of came out over the years yeah. as, as people have represented it and cropped the video slightly so that certain details were off it. Um, so to me that, that, you know, almost separates it from that plane entirely. Um, you know, the plane also didn't disappear instantaneously. It wasn't like it was there one second and gone the next. It was pinging and the transponder was turned off on board. And, you know, the, the, the investigators were able to trace a path for it. So it wasn't just that some orbs made it disappear. You, you know, there was a, a timeline of events that kind of suggested that the pilot flew it into the Indian Ocean. Um, the satellite that people are picking up and saying, this is what imaged it, you know, that was that was over the correct area four hours before and 19 hours after. So things aren't lining up for, for that flight for me. And and that seems to suggest that if it is real, it's a different Boeing 777 that went disappeared and when it disappeared. And there aren't really any that we've seen that have just disappeared, right? You, you know, there's no grieving families. There's no company kind of saying, our plane just disappeared. Like we don't know where it went. Um, bad as for far business. as we know, I would say, yeah, bad for business. Um, so then it kind of just puts a question mark over the whole thing for me. Like, okay, well, where is that plane? Who was on it? You know, all those yeah. kind of questions that I'm sure people listening uh, are asking. So for me, I would separate it from the MH370 stuff because that's just people kind of saying, well, that's when we know that disappeared and it famously disappeared. So, and that plane in the video disappeared. So it must be the same. Not necessarily, but this is, again, a good example, like the Peru one, like this patch, um, where people kind of have to hold this unknown and try and not jump to conclusions. Because depending on where you look, people are doing a choose-your-own-adventure thing. Some people believe it wholeheartedly. Some people have thrown it in the bin wholeheartedly. And there are folk looking into it, CG experts looking into it, things like that. I'm sure we'll learn more in time. And, And as you said right at the beginning of this, we've got to be very sensitive about this because, you know, real people died, you know, real families were affected, real lives were lost. It's, it's really sad. So yeah, just hold it as an unknown and we'll see if the plane is a real video. And I think that brings us nicely just to finish off, but this whole last week, especially with the David Grush and everything that's happened around it is that whole, the UFO subject is about extraterrestrials and, interdimensionals and spacecraft and amazing technologies and all that kind of stuff but there's a human element to it and this is one of those kind of times where i think that's really had the spotlight shone on it and we've talked about a lot of things today which aren't necessarily to do with aliens directly but it's impacting people and that's sometimes where the ufo topic goes a little bit so yeah, yeah. It's, it's been one of those kind of weeks or, or a couple of weeks for it so folks uh, and again if if you do like this and haven't listened to it yet the chris Leto interview does touch on that human element of it quite a lot given chris's background and expertise and uh yeah so interesting thanks dan for joining us thank you very much thank you always a pleasure never a chore and we'll speak soon 
That is all for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. Apple and Spotify do make a huge difference to the algorithm. If you're checking the show out on YouTube, please don't forget to like and leave a comment on here as well. Any sharing you do is very much appreciated on any social media platform. And finally, you can listen to shows ad-free and sponsor-free in their glorious full versions by subscribing for less than the price of a coffee on Apple, Spotify, just search That UFO Podcast Premium, YouTube, you can sign up and be a member, or you can do that through patreon.com. Thank you very much for listening, folks. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little around. Meditative game of state full on meta, I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was, like you awake, I was about to abduct you cuz. Thank you.